Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer and aspiring software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. This episode was sponsored by the PVS Studio team. It promotes static code analysis methodology in general and its PVS Studio tools in particular. Static code analyzers allow you to find bugs in source code at the development stage. This helps to reduce the price of fixing them. PVS Studio performs code analysis and issues warnings on the fragments of code with a high probability of having bugs and potential vulnerabilities in them. The tool supports C, C++, C Sharp, and Java, and it can work with Visual C++, GCC, Clang compilers, and some of those used for embedded systems. The analyzer works on Windows, Linux, and Mac OS. PVS Studio can both be used as a standalone tool and integrated with Visual Studio, IntelliJ IDEA, SonarCube, and so forth. In the show notes, you can find links to the PVS Studio website and the article, Technologies Used in the PVS Studio Code Analyzer for Finding Bugs and Potential Vulnerabilities. Conferences are a fun place to learn, grow, and meet fellow developers. Whether you are a seasoned code veteran or newbie searching for your first junior developer job, tech conferences have something for you. In this episode, we hear from several different people at Music City Tech, Nashville's premier polyglot technology conference, about their experience attending, speaking, and volunteering at tech conferences. But before we get started, Will, what have you been fighting this week? So the week that you recorded most of this, I was so grateful you were at the conference and recording because I was absolutely slammed. You know, I got the new job and things kind of started getting in motion. And I forgot how stressful that is because, <laughs> you know, it's been like four years since I've you know had to really worry about that. And <laughs> so you just got to do all this HR paperwork and you've got to get a hold of people. You've got to figure out what your project is. You got to get everything specced out. There's never enough information. It doesn't matter where you are. And that happened. And I also have a pretty good lead on some contract work, which I don't know how in the world I'm going to fit that in. Plus, I'm working on the second book. Plus, I finally got my copies of the first book. Yeah, so it was just a little bit nuts last week. And I mean, we would not have been able to record had we scheduled to record. Like, I would have been just completely toast. Glad it's over. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good thing it worked out that way. Yeah. So how about you? Well, as you mentioned, I was at Music City Tech last week, and that was great. They had it at NOSI College of Art this year. It's a bit of a smaller venue, but everyone was in the same building. So that made things a lot easier and better interactions between Music City Code, Music City Data, and Music City Agile. I got to attend talks and workshops in all three, and I didn't have to like run all over campus to do that. They were just all in the same place. It was nice. And then you had better attendee interaction. Speaking of that, I really enjoyed seeing people that uh, I only get to see a few times a year at conferences. It was fun. I walked in Thursday morning and five or six different people had already said hi to me before I got to the registration table. Nice. Yeah. It's so cool because I have been able to be active in a lot of conferences, speaking or sponsoring them. I've gotten to know so many people. And then 
the tech community here in Nashville is just wonderful. Like, there's a lot of great people, but we just have such a good community that I already knew most of the people volunteering or on the crew of the conference. So just walking in that first day, everybody just coming by and saying hi to me. It was cool. So in other really awesome news, I've been going to the worship team's practice sessions to run the board and get extra practice on it. I know I've talked about that a little bit. Well, they practiced a song that I've been learning tonight. So our worship director told me I could bring that acoustic guitar that I'm borrowing and play along back in the booth. That was so cool because my friend Demi, who is like one of the main guitar players, he wasn't playing. So he came back and sat in the booth and helped me out. I know all the chords and I know the rhythm. It was keeping up with it. And so like I would be good and then I'd miss something. I'd get behind. And I'd try to catch back up. So he helped me like stay in rhythm and told me some stuff. It was like a almost like a guitar lesson back there for me, but it was really wonderful. And I learned a lot. The best part about it, though, was uh, after it was over, he was in the next song. So he had to get up and go up to the stage. But uh, he looked at me. He's like, man, you've gotten a lot better in the last couple of weeks since we played together. I'm like, yeah, I've been practicing every day. And he's like, I can tell it shows. Nice. Yeah, I was like, that meant the world to me. Of course, you know, that made me want to practice more, but I had to stop and run the booth while they practiced. But yeah, that was really cool. So moving on into book club. This is our last week talking about Surviving the Whiteboard Interview, a developer's guide to using soft skills to get hired. Now, since we have the author with us, we're going to talk to him a little bit about that. I still don't have a copy of the book waiting on it. Yeah, no, I meant to bring that to you the other day and just forgot. I've got like five of them here and they're just sitting here. <laughs> got several of them that are kind of allocated to people, but I just keep meaning to get them out there and haven't. Yeah, that's fine, man. Yeah, so you're asking about how I wrapped it up. And the way I wrapped up the book was talking mostly about the actual process of going through the whiteboard interview. So, you know, I went through the whole thing of, you know, here's how you practice, here's how you prepare, and here's what you do on the day of. And a lot of that is really important, not just for passing the whiteboard interview, but for making sure that you want to work for the company in question. It's really easy to pass a test and get the job and then suddenly end up in a place that you don't want to be. And so there was a lot of focus there on that part of it, as well as on how you conduct yourself in the interview in such a way that you are not coming to them begging for a job. In other words, you're going, okay, if this is a deal that's going to work for both of us, then let's talk about that instead of going, oh, I've got to have a job because I got to eat and you know, kind of how to set that up. That makes perfect sense because, you know, a lot of times, especially as developers and problem solvers, we like to solve the problem. We like to show that we know how to solve the problem. We get so focused on showing how awesome we are, we forget to look at, hey, is this the right place for me? I had a conversation just recently with a friend of mine who's looking, and he told me what they were asking him. He's like, would this throw a red flag for you? I'm like, yeah, I'd just move on. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where... He was smart enough to go, yeah, this is really exciting. I've really enjoyed solving the problems, but 
this seems weird. Let me ask someone else about it because I might just be, you know, seeing that. And he told me, I'm like, yeah, man, no, I would not do that. Yeah. You know, it's a really common thing for developers because we're problem solvers that the problem we try to solve is not having a job versus not having the right job. Yeah. And so you kind of have a set of problems beforehand that you need to solve, including making sure you make the right impression so that you're not treated as a flunky on the first day. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of got into a lot of that, plus a lot of things you need to do, you know, like get there early, make sure that you talk to the secretary and that you're friendly, you know, those kind of things so that you don't make a bad impression before you even get a foot in the door. Yeah. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Will, who's talking to us this week? Well, we grabbed an email from Emma Parsons saying, Hi, I hope this email finds you well. I heard your episode discussing hacking and wanted to thank you for the great resource. As a cybersecurity advocate myself, I'm always searching for great resources. Here's hoping for a more ethical internet. Best, Emma. Well, thank you, Emma. You know, there are some really good conferences out there about ethical hacking and cybersecurity. Send us an email to waterbottle at completedeveloperpodcast.com because we've got a complete developer water bottle just for you. And guys, if you'd like your very own complete developer water bottle, leave us a review in iTunes or comment on the website or any of our social media. We post all our episodes to LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. We're also on Instagram and Tumblr. And hey, guess what I did? I posted on Instagram from the conference. So you guys can check that out, see some stuff. Y'all know Dave who uh, has been on the podcast a couple of times and he did Junior Developer Toolbox for a while, got some pictures of him playing on stage with the band at the attendee party. Really cool. Check that out. Or you guys could join the conversation anytime and talk to any of us by going to slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Tech conferences have a lot to offer no matter your level of skill or knowledge. They're a great way to dive into a new or different technology without committing more than a few days to it. They're also great for building your skills in the stack that you currently use or for learning about the new things coming. Some more outgoing people, such as Beach, use them for developing their network or meeting like-minded friends. Whatever your goal, they are a great way to grow as a developer and as a person. Now, conferences come in all shapes and sizes. There are local conferences that may be free or very cheap to attend that get developers from the area or surrounding areas to come and speak on topics they're passionate about. Will and I are both going to be speaking this upcoming weekend. He's going to be speaking at a code group here in Nashville that meets once a month. I'm going down to Atlanta for a little bit larger conference. Regional conferences tend to be a bit larger and cost more. This allows them to bring in speakers from all over to cover a larger range of topics, and this would be like Music City Tech. And typically, these are several days long and involve some travel if you don't live in a larger metropolitan area. So I live about an hour or so outside of Nashville. I stayed home, but I traveled in every day. Then corporate conferences are the largest, bringing in people from all over the globe. These are likely to be less diverse on topics and instead focus on a particular technology or stack. Yeah, a few weeks back, we had an episode answering listener questions about creating conference talks. In that episode, you and I both discussed our experiences with creating, submitting, and presenting talks at conferences. For this episode, we wanted to get a little bit of a different perspective. Yeah, this is going to be a unique episode. Since Will wasn't able to make it out to Music City Tech this year, I spoke with several people about their experiences at the conference. 
we're about to hear from speakers, volunteers, organizers, sponsors, and attendees. I got a wide gamut of people to give us the full conference experience. So let's go ahead and listen to what they have to say about attending conferences. All right, guys, I'm here with one of the crew members, Austin Curtis, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about his experience here at Music City Tech and uh, what he's done to help out and how he got involved. So let's just go ahead and get started. Austin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from, who you are, what you do? I'm a software engineer for The General. I'm relatively new to Nashville. I've been here about two and a half years. I originally hailed from Detroit, and I lived in Florida for quite a long time before moving up here. I got involved with Music City Tech about two months after I moved up here through a mutual friend of ours, Dave Harned. And he got me involved uh, volunteering day of when I kind of first moved up and didn't know anybody. And I loved the community a whole lot that as soon as the conference kind of ended, I asked, hey, how do I get involved with more of the planning aspect of this and ended up on the crew. So now this is my third year being involved as a member of the crew here. And now I'm a marketing director for the conference. That's really awesome. So you started off very low level and just took the initiative and just asked. So like sometimes all you have to do is just ask because people need that. I think a lot of us think, oh, everything's handled. They don't need me. But when you ask, you you get told and, you know, that's really cool. So you said now you're marketing director. What all does that involve? Like, what did you do for the conference this year? As my role as marketing director this year, I kind of oversaw a lot of the design elements, like the print materials for the program. I designed the shirts last year and this year and kind of handled all the ordering of all those materials, kind of making sure some of our brand stuff was kind of where it needed to be. We had a good consultant here, Shell Goer. She was a marketing consultant as well, so she helped a lot with the messaging. So between the two of us, we just kind of made sure that we had a good brand message out there for our conference. Really cool. So the conference is a different location this year. How has that changed things from previous years? Honestly, I think it's for the better. My couple of years experience was at Vanderbilt. I like Vanderbilt as a venue, but I like the closeness where all of our attendees are in one building this year. We've got more classrooms and probably more speakers and more speaking engagements here this year than the previous years. So having it in an actual school event allowed us to kind of keep it a little bit more consolidated, but have more actual speakers. That was kind of nice. That's really cool. And um, I got an email saying that the conference was sold out. So obviously you did a good job getting that marketing out there because lots of people are signed up. There's um, how many attendees are signed up and coming? I don't have an official count, but it's around 800 people. We're almost at capacity for the building in terms of the amount of people we can have in it. So that's why we're sold out, is we actually hit a cap of what we can facilitate within here with all the attendees, all the crew, all the volunteers, and all the people kind of help out within the school. That is why we had to cap it at a certain number and, and sold out, which selling out's a great problem to have. I would love to see it get bigger, but yeah, this is definitely a, a new phenomenon for us. I don't think we've sold out in the past. Yeah, that is really awesome. Like you said, it is a little bit smaller because it's all here, but it's nice because you're not running across campus. You're not trying to get other places. It's right down the hall. So that is really cool. And I'm excited because it's Thursday. It's workshop day today. But tomorrow is when it really gets hopping with like all the talks and like all the people are going to be here. It's going to be just packed and it's going to be so awesome. 
What do you look forward to most about the conference? I love the energy and the community here. Everybody loves talking to everybody else in here. There's nobody that'll turn you away for anything. If you stand next to a group of people and get in on a conversation, everybody's very welcoming. And that's what I loved about this community. And that's why I got more involved is because I saw when I knew literally nobody in here, I made friends just from this conference that are my friends today that I hang out with on a regular basis. That's what I love about this particular event and this community in general. I have to agree with you on that. One of the best things for me this morning was uh, I got off the shuttle from the parking lot and as soon as I walked in, there were people that just knew who I was from previous conferences, uh, previous Music City Techs, and I just ran into someone from another conference that is here. And it's just, I love the community. And so that's really great. Any last thoughts? Enjoy the conference. Enjoy the new venue that we've got here. I hope everybody has a great time. The attendee party on Friday should be amazing. I just want everybody to have fun and learn as much as you can while you're here and meet new people. Awesome. Well, hey, Austin, thank you so much for hopping on with us. Thank you, BJ. Have a great one. So I am here with Laura Pinnell. She is a speaker here at Music City Tech, and she's going to talk to us about her experience being a speaker. So what was your talk about? So I actually had a workshop, and that was called, I guess, just basically a resume workshop for designers and developers. And it was four hours long. <laughs> so it went really well, but uh, yeah. So four hours long, that's a bit longer than a normal talk. For you guys that haven't been to a conference, workshops are usually the first day of the conference and they can either be half day or whole day. So what was it like preparing for four hours of talking to people and being up in front of them? So I've done this talk a few times. I did it as a Twitch talk and did it in about an hour. And then I also did it, I can't remember for which meetup here in town, but did it again. Maybe it was Free Code Camp. And I did it in a little over an hour. Four hours actually made it a whole lot easier because there's just so much detail that goes into a resume that like a lot of people don't put the time into studying. You know, it's something that if we went to college, like they try to prepare us for, but I had a whole panel of people along with me. So like a HR consultant, who's also a certified resume writer, and she's a consultant with like Fortune 500 companies, not really in tech, but dabbles in like a whole bunch of things. I had a current client of mine, the CTO come in and he does the hiring. He hired me as a freelancer. And then Seth, who's part of Nashville Free Code Camp. And so that was the panel this year. And like having between the panel and then preparing like two or three times, it was, it was pretty good. <laughs> that sounds awesome. I love working with a group. I couldn't imagine doing, I can do a one hour talk and maybe because the podcast was about an hour long, I'm used to that. But going that long, I would need somebody else. Good grief, just doing one hour by myself sounds insane. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely had to extend it a little bit. And so the normal hour long one doesn't have like panel questions in there. I still have a panel that I go with in the hour one, but I don't have panel questions and I don't like cut it and I don't have like exercises. So like in the first section of my talk, I tell them to open up LinkedIn and start filling it out. Or if they don't have one, like sign up for it, for example. And then we do a resume swap. And then at the end, I thought like, 
we had extra time because I tried to balance for extra time. And I was like, well, now you're going to practice your networking because even before you hand out a resume, you have to do networking. So I just try to keep things interactive and interesting. The feedback I got, the verbal feedback I got was pretty great. So That's awesome. It sounds like I wish I had gone to that. I went to another one that was, I enjoyed that too, but that sounds really cool. We recently had an episode on submitting conference talks. Could you tell us a little bit about your experience going through the CFP process and submitting and things like that? Yeah, so to be completely honest, this is the first official CFP I did. And the only reason I submitted is because I saw that one of my other Free Code Camp co-organizers, Dave, had submitted and he said it over Twitter. And I went, oh, it's still open. I'll just do it and see what I can get. And then like a couple of weeks later, they were like, you're in. And I went, Oh, I got it. <laughs> like, so I didn't actually prepare a whole lot. Like, I think if I were to advise people on doing that, like have a clear title. Like I see a lot of titles here at Music City Tech that I look at the title and I'm not interested, but because I'm diligent, like, or I'm a researcher, I'll go and actually look at the description and that changes my mind about it. So if your title actually more matches, don't be creative with titles. I know you want to be, but they're never long enough on the actual, like, schedules. So like if you can keep it succinct and then be creative at the end of it, fine. And then don't write a million miles worth of like description. Keep that to like one paragraph and then have it peer read before you submit it. Like so go get, because I've done this talk a couple of times, I didn't need to get it peer reviewed. But if it were a brand new one, I would definitely like reach out to friends, family, like other developers and be like, is this something based off of this description and this title you would be interested in? As a UX researcher and designer, simple is good because people are going to glance at something and decide whether or not they like it based off of that glance. And that only takes like 30 seconds. Same with a resume. So I can totally agree with you on that. I had a talk that I talked to the organizer down at DevSpace about, and he was super excited about, but then my CFP was horrible. Like I did a bad job writing it. I didn't get someone to review it and his team chose not to do it. And he came up to me at the conference. He's like, man, I wanted to do that. But when we read your CFP, like it just didn't come out the way that you talked to me about it. And I was like, I learned a lot from that. And I learned to do exactly what you're talking about. So now tell us a little bit about what you do here in the community in Nashville. Yeah. So I am part of Free Code Camp. I've mentioned a couple of times and I recently got added as a co-organizer because I run the weekly mentor night. Basically what that is, is a place where developers, designers, business people who have websites or tech companies can come in, be mentored, be the mentee anywhere. We have like three different categories. It's like development, design, and career. So we've had quite a few, I'm really proud to say, who have stuck with us and they've landed jobs. So I'm working with one specific person right now who I've seen his work and I've seen his work ethic. He just can't land the job. And so we actually looked at the resume, which he actually inspired me to do the resume workshop because that knowledge isn't easy to find. It's so like, because that knowledge is like really wonky to give someone that template and to give them constructive feedback and be like, this is really good, but I think we can improve it by doing this and this. We'll see within the next month or two whether he actually lands a job or not. But that's what we're there for is to actually mentor and be mentored. And then there's also, I'm recently being reintegrated into Hands-On Nashville, but Hands-On Nashville is a great place. If you're a developer or a designer or relatively any job to go and help local nonprofits with stuff. So I think one project she mentioned was like the filmmakers festival is like a group of three people that are like 
imagine three people trying to run a whole festival. It's really hard. And so like they need people to help with their website, their brochures, their like stuff like that. And then there's also Code for National, which is the national chapter of Code for America and they're civic hackers. And so hackers doesn't necessarily mean like black hat hacker, like I'm going to go destroy the world thing, but definitely it means like you can social hack, you can white hack with your data skills, you know, it's just helping the community around you in such a way. And so I think they have a couple of projects coming up as well, but they meet monthly. And then back to Free Code Camp, we also have a monthly for those that can't meet on the Wednesdays that we meet. So it's a lot going on. That's really awesome. Thank you very much for talking to me. I know you got a lot to do. So any last words before we stop? No, just thank you for having me on the podcast. Okay, so I am here with Kimberly Rutland from Vaco, and Vaco is one of the big sponsors of Music City Tech. So, Kimberly, what is it that you guys do here at the conference? So, outside of being a sponsor, so financial assistance with everything. We also have a booth and can speak to people throughout the conference. Where we're situated, we're actually letting people know where registration is and everything. So we're doing a little bit of that too. But for the most part, we're just there to kind of network and meet new people and just kind of chat with local IT talent here. Cool. So what is it that Vaco does? What do they offer the people that are here? So Vaco is a staffing agency. We're based out of Nashville. We are nationwide, but locally we provide staffing solutions, whether it's on a managed service project or staff augmentation or full-time permanent employees. We kind of staff anything that you may have a need with. We can kind of be flexible and find someone for you locally. I know you guys are really involved with the conference. I've seen a couple of uh, your other staff members that are speakers here as well. What else do you guys do in the Nashville community since you are based here? Yeah, we have a brand new office in Brentwood in the Maryland Farms area. And we created a huge space where we actually host a bunch of events ourselves. So we host the .NET user group, the Agile meetup. I'm pretty sure we host Linux and all kinds of other meetups or groups within the IT you know, kind of network here locally. So we're able to do that. And again, just being sponsors for events like these, I think Nashville's unique in that we have a very networked group of IT people. And I don't think a lot of cities, other cities kind of have that where there's a community. People meet regularly and learn from each other. And it's a very kind of homey network of people, group of people. So we try our best to just kind of like be there when we can, whether it's hosting an event or sponsoring an event or, you know, whatever speaking at events, whatever we need to do to kind of enable that, we're happy to do. Lastly, what's been your experience here at Music City Tech and just your conference experience in general? So like as a sponsor coming in, what has it been like for you? So kind of unique. I was a recruiter when they first started Music City Tech or Music City Code at the time. So I was on like one of the original planning committees and kind of helped out where I could. And I remember going to Sam's and like buying all the food and stuff with Mary and then having to like pack it up in our cars and bring it over. It was very like hands-on, just everybody pitched in where they needed. It was a one-day event. And then now it's this huge event that so many people come to and it's really grown. And I'm not really on the planning side anymore, but as a sponsor, I've still kind of stayed involved through that. And 
it's really impressive how big this is. And I think Nashville has allowed it to be like that. Like I said, we're a very kind of networked town and pretty tight-knit community within IT in Nashville. We also have a lot of companies moving here and just kind of a thriving economy within Nashville. So I think that that's kind of adding to that as well. As a sponsor, this is way more fun than sitting on my phone all day talking to people. And I'm sure it's a lot easier for people to have a face-to-face conversation versus like answering the phone or LinkedIn messages or, you know, all the annoying things recruiters do. This just allows us to meet and talk to people and have a more kind of personal conversation versus, you know, just emailing you all day long because I'm sure you get that a lot. So this is just a way it gets us out of the office and a little more laid back environment, not as much pressure, you know. That's kind of my experience. I love these events. I'm pretty extroverted, if you can't tell, just (laughs) by the nature of my job. But I love this. I love talking to people and meeting new people and probably people that I wouldn't meet otherwise. So that's kind of what we do here. That was great. I loved the part about meeting people face to face because when you said that I was thinking about how many of the recruiters that I have met at this conference and other conferences that I only knew through maybe a phone call, maybe email and stuff. And then you you meet them face to face and it humanizes. It makes it easier to work with people. Thank you so much for talking to me. Is there anything else that you would like to say before we go? I don't think so. I think that's it. Thank you very much. All right, guys. I'm here talking to Joseph Wichman, and he is an attendee here at Music City Tech. Joseph and I have known each other for a little while, a few years now. He's a good guy. He's going to tell us about his experience here at the conference. So, Joseph, I guess starting off, tell us what you do for work and what brought you to Music City Tech. Sure. I work for the Department of Transportation for the state of Tennessee. I'm a server-side, back-end, C-sharp developer. I focus on the back end writing methods and classes for the C-sharp API and .NET Core. And I also write database scripts for our Oracle databases. I've been on several projects. I've been doing this for about three to four years for the state of Tennessee at transportation. I've been coming to different conferences, including Music City Tech, for a few years. I didn't make it last year. I went to CodeStock last year instead. But I'm glad and excited that I was able to come this year to Music City Tech. So, Joseph, what is it that you look forward to most in the conferences that you go to? There are several different things. Mostly it's meeting people, I think. That's the biggest draw to a conference. And I have been able to reconnect with several people I've known over the years from user groups and conferences like this. So main thing is getting to meet people and network is really exciting for me, but I also enjoy the sessions. So far, the first day at the workshops yesterday, I mostly focused on um, actually resumes and interview process, and it was really informative and made me think about a few things. I don't plan on switching jobs yet, but we never know when that could happen in our career, so... I'm guessing you went to Laura's workshop. That is so funny because I talked to Laura earlier. So tell us, what did you think of the workshop since we've heard from her? This is really good that you were actually there. We've heard from her about the planning of the workshop. What was your impression of it? What did you like about it? Sure. She guided the panel discussion about resumes and CVs, and it was really well planned and well executed. 
She guided the discussion really well, asked really pertinent questions of the panel, and they gave really valuable and thoughtful feedback. It really kind of gave me a lot of goals and things I need to work on because I don't really focus that much on my LinkedIn profile and my resume because I have been with the state for several years and I'm not really planning on leaving, but I think it is important to improve on my resume so that if I ever need to, that it'll be ready very quickly to help me find other opportunities in the future. That's awesome. Thank you. One last thing. What talk or workshop are you most excited about or did you want to go to most when you were looking at coming to the conference? That's a really good question. There are so many good topics. One of the most meaningful ones I just came out of was with Connor Bush, who just left TDOT back in February. And he was on a different development team, but he was within our organization when he left. But he is a really good friend. And his presentation about finding a purpose in your life and with development really hit home with me because he talked about helping less fortunate people. There are opportunities with organizations that need developers to help out with websites and things to help advertise and help with charitable efforts. So I really enjoyed that session with Connor. So I think that was my favorite so far. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming and talking to me. And I really liked what you said about, you know, how coming in and seeing people and you get to know people. I remember when I first came to Music City Tech, everyone is so friendly. Most of the developer conferences I've been to, everyone's so friendly. But coming in, this is my third year as a speaker, fourth year coming. I walked in the very first day and five or six people came up that I knew that I see once or twice a year came up and said, hi, how you doing? It's such a great community. I love that you brought that up. So thank you very much for talking to me. Is there anything else you want to say before you go? If anybody has an opportunity to come to this conference or one like it, I think the main thing is just talking to somebody you don't know and just asking them what they do, what they enjoy doing, what their passions are, so you can make new connections. I think that's really important. There's a guy that's really popular who's given keynotes about this topic named Jeremy Clark. He's also a Pluralsight author, and he's actually here today, but I really enjoy talking to him. Actually, I see him over there right now, but I think that's a really valuable thing to remember when going to conferences, to just trying to connect with people in general. Well, again, thank you very much. Guys, I am here with Madhu Hanlon, and she had a really great talk. I'm going to let her tell us a little bit about that. I went to it. There's a little bit of technical issues, but I was very impressed with the way she handled that, the composure. I probably would have been freaking out, so I'm really hoping that I don't have any technical issues with mine. But so, Madhu, tell us about your talk and about your experience here. So when I first decided to give this talk, I was a little bit nervous because I was like, I don't know if I can do it and things like that. And this would have been probably the biggest conference I've ever spoken at. I've given other talks at meetups and things, but never this big. So that's what had me worried. But then I was like, no, let me be uncomfortable. Let me try to do better because that's how you get better. So then I was like, I'm just going to submit my talk. And if it's selected, then I'll prepare and I'll go from there. But this talk that I gave today, so this was 
or talk about statistics in data analytics. And this particular subject that I spoke about, I've been wanting to give this talk for the last two years at least. It just never happened. And I submitted to Music City Tech and got accepted. And I was like, yes, I thought I would be nervous. But as soon as I saw that email, I was like, yes, let's go celebrate. I'm going to start preparing and I'm going to do good. So I would encourage you guys, if you feel like, oh, I'm too introverted and I can't give a talk or whatever else excuse, you know, you have in your head. It is an excuse is what it is. So go beyond that, push yourselves beyond that. And my experience here has been phenomenal. At first, I was hesitant because I was like, oh, it's not at Vanderbilt this year. And I'm used to it being at Vanderbilt. So how is it going to be? What is it going to look like? How big are the classrooms or auditoriums going to be? What's going to be the style of them and all of these? And then I was like, I don't need to think about that. Let me just focus on my talk. Let me do a good job and everything else will fall in place. So I got to meet a lot of good people. I met you. So, yeah, it's been great. And I know so many people now. And a lot of times, like, so two people came up to me and asked me if I wanted to give the same talk at a different conference already. So I was like, okay, so now I have that too. And they added me on LinkedIn. It's like they talk to me and they add me in a second. So you get to network with people and you're going to realize that those networks land you other opportunities and it's good to talk to people it's good to see what they're doing what are they working on you know what can you learn from them things like that so I would encourage you guys to come out at least be a part of this conference be a volunteer maybe if that's where you want to start and then be a speaker be attendee whatever you want to be just participate if you're participating you're just learning so much more than you would sitting at home drinking beer maybe I like that. That's great advertising for coming out. That's what we've been telling people for a long time. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Like you said you wanted to be doing this talk for a while. What is it that you do and why is the talk on statistics in data analysis so important to you? So I'm currently a data engineer, but I'm also a data scientist. I'm also a data analyst. I'm also a software engineer. I'm also getting a little bit involved on the DevOps and other sides of things, which I'm not good at and I don't know much about, but so I'm not going to call myself that. So I did my master's in data science and back then it wasn't even called data science or at least I didn't know that that's what I was doing. I thought I was working with data, but it turns out that it was data science all along. I just didn't know it. But back then we used to call it like machine learning and things like that. It wasn't really data science wasn't really a term that at least I knew. So I started off with data and then ventured off into software development, did some mobile app development, did some software engineering on the front end and back end side. And then I was like, I need to go back to data. So I made a full circle back to data. But This talk, like how I like to do it is I'll study for something for a year whenever I have time. So for example, statistical tests, I'll study about them. I'll understand when to use which one, how they relate to what I'm working on currently and things like that. Once I have that, I'll try to give a talk about it because the best 
way to learn is by teaching others so as soon as i'm like even right now i'm actually thinking about what i'm going to talk about next year because i'm like let me see what i want to learn this year and then next year i'm going to talk about that i might not be the most best person to talk about it but i'm going to talk about what i know and i'm going to learn from the audience too it's a learning experience from both sides so the reason it took me this long to give this talk is because i've been studying this whole time for it and i thought it would just take me a year but it actually took me 2 3 years for me to feel like yeah i know this now and i can talk about this now because you don't want to get up there and be like not be confident and not know what you're talking about right so at, the learning curve is steep even with my background in math sometimes i was like this doesn't make any sense to me and looking at these equations no it doesn't make sense so it's steep but it took me that long to actually study and give this talk so i'm glad that i'm here now and i know the next step i should take which i'm thinking is going to be i'm going to do a deep dive on just statistical tests so t tests and novas just that none of the other stuff just these tests when to use which one what are they how do you tell which one is best for your analysis things like that that's what i'm thinking of i don't know much about that like i know i can like talk my way through those things and i can apply them at work but i'm not like a you know i'm not the expert in that but i'm going to take this year to study about that and i'll come and talk about that next year that is a great answer thank you and and that leads me to one last question and this is not conference related but I've got the opportunity to ask someone so I'm going to do this. You have a masters in the data science field. What advice do you have for those of us that are getting their masters in data science right now? I would suggest to do a thesis. I don't know if all programs like online ones and stuff offer a thesis option, but when I got here, so I came here from Dubai and I got a full scholarship and I was like, "Okay, I'm going to go do my masters here in the US with a full scholarship. Why would I not do that?" So I came here and I had the option to either do a non-thesis or do a thesis. So in thesis, you don't have to take as many classes but you have to do a lot of research but in non thesis you have to take more classes or you don't have to do any research so initially i thought okay i'm just going to do a non thesis you know i'll take my classes do my studying do my gpa get a good gpa and move on but then i did that for a semester or two and then i was like I think I would be learning more if I did research and what was funny was that when I came here my masters was going to be in cybersecurity that's what I got in as and when I started doing my research so my research was a mixture of cybersecurity and data like figuring out attack vectors using data science and i just learned so much from that that i cannot it's like to me when i look back at that time it's like i could have never learned this in a class because i was working with real data i had set up honeypot systems to capture attack data and i was analyzing that data and figuring out these uh, attacks that happen on industrial control systems and things like that so i would encourage you guys to do a thesis whoever is doing their masters if that's an option i don't know if all schools offer it and things like that but if it's an option it's definitely worth it it's more work it takes more time but you end up learning 
a whole lot more. And a plus point is when you're defending your thesis, you are asked about the research you did. You're asked questions about that. If you were doing a non-thesis though, you would be asked about, oh, in computer architecture, you studied this. Can you tell me that and this? So there's a whole lot of scope that they can ask you about. But when you're doing thesis, they'll ask you about your research. And they're like, hey, I've seen you publish two papers. What has this been like? What is your research like? We are your advisors. So your advisor is going to know a lot about your research. But the other members on the committee are going to be like, tell me about your research. Tell me how that can improve me. So the whole game has changed. You know, you don't have to worry so much about defending your thesis. You just have to be able to explain your research, which you will be able to do because you did it and you learned a lot from it. So yeah, I would encourage you guys to at least try thesis out. Maybe try it out for six months. See how you like it. And if you don't, you can always change your research area. You know, you don't have to do research in one thing. If you wanted, if you were interested in something else that someone, some other advisor is working on, go talk to them. Be like, hey, I want to change my advisor because I'm interested in your research more than I am in other people's research. Can I do that? Can I change my advisor? Sometimes they'll say yes. Sometimes they'll say no, and that's okay. You have to try. Yeah. So that's my two cents on that. <laughs> that is really good advice. I just started this master's program in data science. And yeah. so when you said that, I was like, I'm going to ask that question because I'm yeah. trying to absorb as much information. So thank you so much. Thank you for talking to me on the Absolutely. podcast. Do you have any last things you want to say? Be a speaker. If you want to be a speaker, be a speaker. Don't let it, don't feel like, oh, I'm too introvert for that. Because I'm surprised before today, I used to think that if you're an extrovert, you're going to go talk at conferences and things like that. But I realized yesterday at the VIP dinner, I realized that there's a lot of introverts there. They are just trying to do more. And me, myself, I'm an introvert, but I'm just trying to be out there, trying to speak to people, trying to get to know them, things like that. And I used to think that I'm just weird. But there's so many people out there that you don't feel like, oh, I'm an introvert, so I can't speak to people or I can't go speak at a conference or I can't volunteer. No, there's a lot of people you'll meet that are like that. They just want to do more. They just want to connect. And that's what they're doing. So don't let that stop you because that stopped me. Don't let that stop you. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Really appreciate it. So I am in this VAC conference room here at uh, NOSI College of Art with a group of volunteers. I call them red shirt volunteers, a little throwback to the red shirts from Star Trek, I believe. But they also actually wear red shirts. I have my black Music City Tech shirt, but they have a red version. And so I'm going to pass the microphone around and let these guys tell you who they are and what they do in their daily lives, if they're in school, where they are, and that sort of thing. My name is William Mitchell. I'm a recent graduate of Nashville Software School and uh, been basically in the uh, search for a job, currently in talks with a company right now, so we're just waiting to hear back from them. In the meantime, I figured I would uh, keep myself in the community and volunteer here at uh, Music City Tech Conference, and it's been a real good experience. Definitely enjoyed helping out. One of the things that we're able to do here is kind of pick what we want to do as far as helping out. And one of those things could be like moderating one of the sessions, which I 
happened to do on Thursday was kind of fun because I was able to uh, build a game. So we built a complete game in four hours. So that was pretty fun. Other than that, just been meeting a lot of great people and uh, helping out wherever help's been needed. One of the great things too, as far as being a volunteer is you get to attend the conference for free. And uh, yeah, I mean, I would absolutely volunteer again. Um, it's definitely a great value, especially, you know, being able to help out and to get to attend a great conference at no charge. So yeah, I've been having a good time. I'm Leah Camera, and I'm a business analyst and product owner, and I've done that in a few different industries in Nashville. I have a little bit of a coding background, so I've been actually attending a lot of the courses in the Music City Agile part, and also some of the data, too. That's really interesting to me also, and a couple in the code also, but Agile is a big one. I've been in part of several companies on like a lean Agile journey, so it's been really helpful to hear what everyone has to say. Yeah, my name is Sam Britt. I am also... A recent NSS grad about a month ago. Yeah, I just wanted to volunteer to help out, get free admission, and meet a lot of people from the tech community. About three years ago, I went to Belmont University pursuing a computer science degree, and we did not have this level of connection with other people. From my experience there, I thought it was a very small very closed community, and definitely coming here, I realized that everyone's open to talk, meet people, learn new things, and that's honestly the kind of community I want to be in. So, Don't worry, we won't hold it against you, went to Belmont. (laughs) Will and I are both Lipscomb grads, so. (laughs) How did you guys get involved with being volunteers? Like, What was the process to become a volunteer? Once again, I just... Wanted to kind of stay relevant in the community, the tech community that is, and, uh, you know, get to meet more people. And one of the ways that was suggested to us by multiple individuals was to volunteer for the Music City Tech Convention. And finally, one day, we were kind of towards the end of our back-end capstones, our final projects at National Software School. And one of our classmates came and said, oh, have y'all signed up yet? And we're like, no. So pretty much once they kind of sparked it, we all just were like, yeah, let's let's go ahead and sign up. And so we basically just crushed the, they have like a sign up board website. And uh, yeah, pretty much all of our classmates just started signing up to help out. And it made it a lot easier when obviously you knew that you're at least going to have somebody there to, you know, hang out with if uh, you didn't know anybody. So you, you weren't too nervous to go in by yourself to help out. But yeah, that's pretty much how that worked out for me. For me, I had learned about Music City Tech first a few years ago and had just never been able to attend. And then a few months ago, I remembered that it was coming up again and uh, reached out to some people that I know that were helping organize it. And they were like, oh, yeah, you can just go, you know, on the website and like sign up for spots to volunteer. So that's what I did. So it's pretty straightforward, actually. It's pretty cool. So if you do like if you volunteer like I think 10 hours or whatever, you can get like a free all-access pass to all three versions of the conference, so Music City Code, Music City Data, and Music City Agile. So that's pretty awesome. So basically, you can sign up for time slots, and then when you get here, you sign up for whatever sessions are available that you can go and you can be a presentation monitor. And you basically, it's pretty easy. You hand out surveys to everyone that's there. You keep a headcount you know, of whoever's in the room and turn it in at the end of each session so you get to purchase participate as well and just do a few few things to help assist the speaker if they need it. And so it's a pretty good experience. Like they were saying, you go to a website, you choose some times, at least 10 hours, you get a free ticket. Boom, boom, boom. It's quick. <laughs> Thank you guys. So one last 
question. What advice do you guys have for someone who maybe is thinking about volunteering or what advice would you give someone who's never done it before but would want to do it or is considering it and maybe they're not sure if it's what they should do? What would you say to them? Yeah, I'd say don't have any holdbacks. Just pull the trigger. Um, just go online and sign up and uh, sign up earlier than later because you'll get a lot better choice of what you would like to maybe do. But even when you get here, if you maybe didn't get exactly what you wanted, talk with the crew and they'll definitely uh, help you out to find a, something that you're going to enjoy doing. So it's not, even though you're volunteering, they're not <laughs> working you to death or anything. There's a lot of different things you can help out and do here. So uh, not only are you helping out a great cause, but you're also getting to attend it as well. So it, it's def definitely worth the value as far as uh, the exchange for your help here. And once again, you know, a lot of times when you're moderating, you actually are getting to attend while you're helping out at the same time. So you pretty much can attend the whole conference and still be a volunteer and uh, be much appreciated. So just don't worry about it. It's easy. It's fun. It's laid back. Just go ahead and pull the trigger. I think he said it pretty well. Yeah, I would agree. I think a, a big thing also just being a volunteer is just have, like having a good attitude and being flexible too because, you know, if some slots fill up, like I had mapped out all the sessions that I wanted to go to or like my ABC, you know, sessions and then like I actually got here and they were full and so I was able to attend some but it's mostly just also being flexible and having a good attitude and just like I'm here to meet people and help out however I can. So I think that helps too if you're volunteering just to know that you just got to go with the flow and have a good attitude. Yeah, you could be sitting at home and programming alone, or you could be here and meeting lots of people, also programming with other people, learning new things that are from experienced people who you normally couldn't learn elsewhere, even if you go on YouTube. Again, just meeting great people, that's kind of what it's all about. It's not really what you're learning, it's who you're learning from and connecting with other people. That's a pretty big reason to come here, so... Awesome. Well, thank you guys for taking time to talk to us and to give us some advice on uh, being volunteers. Okay, I am here with Monica Weiss-Sharp, and she is one of the community sponsors representing Hands-On Nashville. So Monica, would you tell us a little bit about Hands-On Nashville and what you guys do? Hands-On Nashville is a local nonprofit that connects volunteers with other nonprofits in the area. Our website essentially serves as a clearinghouse where folks can go and search for a specific time and date that they want to volunteer, a specific population they want to serve, or even just if there's a specific organization or cause. Whatever the case may be, folks can find a way to volunteer that works for them. Awesome. So how did you guys get involved with Music City Tech? We are at Music City Tech today because we actually have a new program that is called Geek Cause, and it is all about finding folks with technology-based skills who are interested in volunteering those skills on behalf of nonprofits. Resources are always really tight in the nonprofit realm, so oftentimes it's really hard for these organizations to have the money they might need to improve their use of technology, whether it's their website, how they're storing and using data, IT security, whatever the case may be. Having skilled volunteers who are willing to come in and help with projects makes a tremendous difference, builds capacity. So we're here at the conference to just chat with folks, let them know about Geek Cause, and hopefully get some more volunteers signed up. So volunteer-wise, what are you guys looking for specifically? We have a broad range of needs. If there is a need for it in a business context, there is a need for it in the nonprofit context. So anything that has a 
technology at its foundation. We are looking for folks that have those skills and are interested in sharing them. So I mentioned a couple of project types. Websites are probably the biggest project request that we get, whether that's just improving how they look and function, maybe adding some new feature that they haven't had previously. Lots of times organizations are in need of looking at what is the next step for them to improve how they're storing data rather than maybe staying on paper or Excel spreadsheets, maybe in some cases, looking for a true database solution. So having some help with research and setup, potentially providing some training on using the existing tools that they have. So anything and everything, like I said, that has a technology foundation, we are looking for folks that have that skill set. So speaking of skill sets, what level of skill are you looking for? Because you know our listeners run the gamut of you know just starting out, new developer to senior architect. We've got a little bit of everyone. So what skill sets or skill levels, I guess, are you guys looking for? I love this question because part of what's really great about Geek Cause is that it can really work for anybody at any level. For folks who are just starting out, it can either be a low pressure way for them to start practicing their skills in a supported context without the pressure of a deadline, maybe in a paid consulting type situation, or we can even pair them with a mentor, somebody who has more experience in that area where they're they're trying to, you know, build up their skills, build a resume, things like that. At the same time, for folks who are really experienced that this is just, you know, second nature to them, they can either find something that to them, again, just might be a no-brainer, but to these nonprofits just completely blows their mind and just gives them a whole new opportunity that they never knew was possible. Or even if there's something that they really enjoy doing in the tech realm, but maybe don't get to do in their day-to-day jobs, this could be an opportunity for them to stretch and kind of reach into something a little bit different, practice a skill set maybe they don't get to do every day. Whatever the case may be, we really can find a project that works for any skill set. That is really awesome. I I think that's great that you guys are working with such a wide range there. So since we're talking about the conference experience, what's been your experience here at Music City Tech this year? We've had the opportunity to meet some really great people, both in terms of just individuals who think that This could be a great fit for them for getting engaged with the community and giving back. Also, just having some opportunity to speak with some of the other nonprofit organizations, community organizations, businesses, and brainstorm how there might be an opportunity for us to collaborate in a more organized fashion. So Free Code Camp is another organization that's here today. And we actually chatted a little bit how the folks that are coming to those meetings might really benefit from having the opportunity to work on a project together, again, to kind of build their resume, have a portfolio. So we're going to look at how after the conference, we might be able to get together and make those connections. That's wonderful. I've heard from so many people about like the connections are the big thing. And I just want to remind everybody, that's one of the best things about coming to a conference is not just you get great information, you learn a lot, but you meet people that build more learning, more growth together. So thank you very much. Is there any last things you want to say to the listeners before we leave? I think I'll just leave you with our website. So if this sounds like something that you're interested in and would maybe like to check out, see how you could get engaged as a volunteer, you can go to H-O-N, as in Hands on Nashville, H-O-N.org slash Geek Cause. And all the information is there, including how to reach out to me directly with any questions or if there's a specific type of project you'd like to get engaged with. I'm always interested in hearing from folks directly so I can keep them in mind when the next project comes along. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much. 
I'm here with Greg Beamer. He is a speaker and uh, at this point a longtime friend. We've known each other for a little while now, spoken at some of the same conferences. He was one of the ones that encouraged me to get started. So Greg, let's go ahead and jump into it. You are a speaker here at Music City Tech. You've been a speaker at Music City Tech several times. So tell me a little bit about your talk this time and then we'll get into your experience as a speaker. So this time I was talking more on DevOps. It was a high level architectural talk. So I didn't get into showing people how to do it as much as what's the process, how do you plan for it, and what are some of the gotchas? Awesome. Tell me about your experience because you've spoken at a lot of conferences. Most of the conferences I've spoken at, you've been at. So tell us about your experience as a speaker and maybe what got you started speaking. Well, I've never had a problem speaking in front of people. I, you know that. You've, you've seen my personality. And what really kind of spurred it is John Keller came in and he started the DevLink conference. And so I was like, well, here's a tech conference. I'd already spoken at user groups. And so that was a really cool thing to do. And come to think of it, you were at CodeMash this year too. So we've done some big ones and we've done some small ones together pretty much all across the country. Yeah. But yeah, I got into that because I like getting up and I like helping people. I also mentor people on the side as well. So it was a kind of natural extension. And being a guy that's got an ENTP personality and also being a Leo, even though I don't really get into astrology that much, my personality is perfect for getting up on stage and, and just becoming a showman. And that's part of what speaking is, is getting people really embroiled in what you're speaking about. So as a seasoned speaker... What advice would you give to someone who's getting started speaking? So the first thing is find a conference that's small enough that, especially if you feel uncomfortable being in front of people, find a talk that you're really passionate about and then take the time to really write and rewrite your abstract because that's your gatekeeper. If, if the abstract's not good, no matter how good your talk is, nobody's going to let you in. I generally say find a good hook for the first sentence and the first paragraph kind of follows that hook and then really get into the meat because there's going to be some people that are reviewing it that the hook just sounds so interesting they, they vote for it. There's going to be other people that start to look a little deeper into it and really want to see what the meat of the talk is. So you have to have both of those in there. As far as conferences to try to go to, find conferences that are very open to new speakers. CodeMash, for example, is a very good one. CodeStock's voted on, so literally if you have the right technology or stuff, you, you're going to bubble up to the top even if you've never spoken. And don't feel insulted if you submit a whole bunch of abstracts and it's not working. Just retune them and ask yourself, is this really a topic that I think people really want to hear about? And if it's not, then you can still stay in that technology, but tune it a little bit. Yeah, that's really good advice. I had a talk that uh, I submitted for DevSpace, didn't get picked, and uh, I talked to Chris about it, and he told me, he's like, oh, well, you were so excited about it, and it was interesting, but then the abstract, it didn't look as interesting, so my team didn't pick it. And I went and rewrote the abstract, and that's the one that I gave at uh, CodeMash. So yeah, I like that's really great advice that I give people. What about advice for attendees? Maybe someone's not ready to be a speaker yet, maybe they don't want to be a speaker, because... There are people that don't want that. What advice would you give to people coming to a conference or maybe that haven't been to a conference yet that you know they're thinking about going? The first thing is find a conference that has at least some talks that you want to get into. I would also understand that you don't have to fill your whole schedule because your first conference, you think you have to go from conference session to conference session, you're going to burn yourself out. The reality is, is there's too much content. 
if there's a topic you're interested in, but you're not quite sure you're interested in enough to invest an hour, go up and pop in the room or find out who they are and what they look like. Go over and talk to them. Ask them if they got their deck, if they've recorded it. A lot of people record their sessions. Some conferences actually record them so you can see them and or they have their decks and their notes and other things out there and they're more than willing to share. Or if you just have a couple of questions about that topic, most of the people that are speaking have been doing it for a long time, but they're also passionate about what they're speaking about. So don't feel like the speakers are the stars here because really it's the attendees that are the stars because they're the ones who give us the chance to get up in front of it. And we're, I don't know one speaker here. I've, I've met a couple that are not as Friendly, but most of us don't bite unless you ask. <laughs> yeah, I will agree with that. When I first walked in, and again, this is the fifth year attending, third year speaking, and I walked in first day, five or six other speakers came up and said hi, people I see once or twice a year. And it's a really great time just getting together with people from all over the country. Another thing, if you find out that there's a conference hotel and that that's where the speakers are staying, Get a room there, even if it's not the main hotel for everybody else. There's always guys sitting around after we finish the attendee party here, which is the bass you may hear in the background. <laughs> if you don't, then you're, it's very good. But we're going to head back to the hotel, and we'll probably be around the fire pit with some beers. And everybody's welcome to come down, and you can get a chance in a more relaxed setting to kind of ask a few more questions. But don't make it all about conference and work. Yeah, a lot of times uh, we talk about Marvel movies, Star Wars, video games. Yeah, all the geeky fun stuff. So, Well, hey, Greg, thank you so much. Is there anything, any last thing you want to say before we go? I would say the biggest thing is realize conferences are also a great place to network. Walk up and talk to the vendors. Maybe you do it initially for the swag, but if you find that they have something interesting to say, talk to them. I would definitely talk to the vendors because they're the ones who keep the prices down low. You may think uh, $100, $200, $300 is a lot, but... It's hundreds of thousands to put on a conference like this, and this is a small one. So definitely visit the vendors, take it, the ones of your interest, take time. And I would also say take time to meet people and network. Get out of your shell. You never know. This may be your next new job, and it may lead you to something better in your career. That's great advice. Thank you very much. Hey, guys. I'm here with Jenna Solis. And she is a crew member here at uh, Music City Tech. And she's going to tell us a little bit about what it is she does here at the conference. This is my second year doing social media. But this is the first year that I have taken on the role of social media lead. I handle all of the social media related things for the entire event for all three days. So what all does that entail with social media? Because like I follow you guys on Instagram and I've been posting and using the hashtag Music City Tech. Though there's one that's Music City Tech 2019, so I don't know. But uh, what all does social media lead involve? Coming up with content, posting, pretty much whatever I want to post, I post. Just, you know, reaching out to attendees, making them aware of situations, whether it's parking and hospitality, things like that. Also, you know, letting them know what major events are going on. Also give shout outs to our sponsors, things like that. Maybe some, you know, crew shenanigans and things like that. So you're the one that posted all the pictures from the party last night. <laughs> there were pictures. <laughs> so I've noticed a couple of photographers going around. Do you work with them 
for the social media or do you do your own stuff? I'm a complete amateur. I do my own stuff, so don't judge. The photographers, their um, photos won't be ready for a couple days. So I take my own pictures. Awesome. What advice would you give to someone who's new to conferences or maybe who hasn't gone to a conference but is thinking about it? Just do it. I never went to a conference and now I do the social media for a conference. It's a lot of fun. You meet a whole lot of people and... Also, joining the crew of a conference is also amazing because you gain a family. It's pretty amazing here. We work really hard, but we really love the people that we are with. So it makes it just amazing. I've heard that from a couple of other people that I haven't interviewed, but just like they made so many connections with the people on the crew and the volunteers that when they were going through life situations that the people from the conference were there for them and helped them through it. It's just kind of amazing to me. So thank you very much. Any last words? I'm also a junior instructor at Nashville Software School. So if you would really like information, please, please reach out to us. It's an amazing program. I was a student and it is my passion. So please reach out to us. Yeah, both Will and I do lectures at uh, Nashville Software School periodically. So it's a really great program. We highly recommend it. I've hired some people who have gone through there. I've recommended them. So definitely check that out, guys. Thank you very much. So I'm here with Tiffany Beamer, and we spoke to her husband a little bit earlier, and she's laughing because he likes to talk. We had a really good conversation, and so uh, Tiffany, you have a unique story, and I have been chasing her around this whole conference trying to get her to talk to me because she is very active and very busy here, and so I finally got a moment of her time to answer my questions, but tell us about how you got involved from year one when your husband Greg was here speaking to now being a member of the crew? So the first however many years this has been going on, I've just five years, I've been going to just the after parties, meeting people and hanging out and having fun. And earlier this year, I did the half marathon with Deanna and we walked together for several hours and had lots of opportunity to talk. And I'd kind of thought about helping out because I'm kind of here, so I might as well. So that talk led into me helping out maybe with social media or registration or something. And then later on, I was talking to Sean and he's like, I could really use someone to help with parking. And somehow I ended up being in charge of parking. Don't know exactly how that became, but yeah, so I've made sure the shuttles are running and the people are parking where they're supposed to be and secured a remote parking space and just helping out wherever else I'm needed. Awesome. Well, tell us about your experience as the spouse of a speaker before you got involved. Like, What was the conference like for you then? And then we'll talk about what it's like now. I didn't really come to the conference before, so I would hear his experience and, you know, how his talks went and other things that he went and sat in on and people he met and all that kind of stuff. But I didn't really have any experience with it. And now I'm like full-fledged, all-in, losing sleep kind of experience. (laughs) All right. What advice would you have for someone who maybe has never been to a conference or is thinking about going to a conference for the first time? Any kind of conference. Get plenty of rest before you go. Drink plenty of water. 
take lots of notes and have fun. Well, hey, thank you very much for taking some time to talk to me. And uh, that's good. So I'm sitting here with Brandon Schwartz, and uh, he's kind of an interesting character. I've known him for a little while. He is a speaker, and uh, he is an organizer for another conference. So we're going to talk a little bit about both of those. So Brandon, first, what we're doing is we're getting a feel for the conference and for like what a conference is. So could you tell us about your experience here this year and your experience as a speaker? So... First off, my experience here and at conferences in general, tech conferences, I frame it to, in my head and to other people, as sort of developer summer camp. It's an opportunity, whether it's the same conference year after year or different conferences around the region, to sort of mix with the same people over and over again, meet some new friends, get some new perspectives, get some takeaways that less summer campy are immediately useful when I get back to work. Some things that I maybe don't get a chance to be exposed to in my day to day. But the biggest thing for me is the relationships. That idea of you've got all these great friends at summer camp that for whatever reason you only see in that context. And getting to see people, watch how their careers mature, watch how they evolve as people, watch it as our relationships evolve and we discover kind of new things about each other and get this interplay that you never get outside of that summer camp environment is huge for me. Yeah, we were talking earlier about just coming in and people you see once or twice a year. Actually, the other night at the speaker dinner, Danny and I were talking and she said she was looking back at old photos from previous years. It's like, it looks like we're aging backwards because so many of us got on a health kick that we've like lost weight, we look healthier. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. I don't know what it is necessarily about the tech community and the sorts of people who consistently attend and consistently come speak at these conferences. But it's almost like we're an accountability group for each other because we get these sort of best practice ideas in our craft and what we do in the tech. And then you get in these personal conversations, find out about the whole person and you find out, hey, I'm stepping up my exercise regime. I'm changing my diet. I'm doing all of these things that I find are helping me. And you take those best practices away and think, well, that person makes pretty good decisions in other areas. I wonder how this could apply to me. Or if they're doing it and they're sort of one of my people, they're also a dev, they're also in tech. We're in kind of a pretty sedentary field. If they can do it, I can stick with my stuff. And it becomes almost like a remote support group. I like that, a remote support group. That's really good. The other thing that I wanted to ask you about, and I love that idea of the summer camp, but I wanted to ask, you've got a conference coming up, actually the week after this airs. And so since we've been talking to so many people about their experience and how much they enjoy going to conferences, tell us a little bit about the conference that you have coming up. So Scenic City Summit this year is happening October 4th. On Thursday the 3rd, we have some pre-conference content that is free to attend, even if you don't buy a ticket for the main conference on the 4th. We are going to have seven different rooms, about a half dozen tracks, topics similar to what we're seeing here at Music City Code and Agile and, and Data, from data science to front-end, back-end development, best practices. I don't like to call them soft skills anymore. I'm kind of going for professional skills. I try to keep reminding myself they're not soft. In some ways, they're harder than tech. We are adding cybersecurity this year. 
So we've got a full room all day with cyber talks. And it is a historically one day. This year we're adding those pre-cons rather. And it's a lot of the same people that I see here and at other events. Really good speakers, community events, a lot of the same, I think, summer camp vibe that I've enjoyed and something that I'm glad I get to contribute to and and be a part of. Awesome. Well, thank you for talking to us. Any last words for the listeners who may be considering going to a conference? Find one that is close. I'm a big fan of community events for a number of reasons. One, they have more of a summer camp vibe to me. And two, the barrier to entry is a lot lower. If you go to a corporate conference, a for-profit event in New York, D.C., Vegas, you name it, if your employer isn't footing the bill, you're talking maybe $2,000 for a week. And that's not only a significant commitment of money, that's a significant commitment of time that can be very difficult. A lot of community events, particularly if you're close to home and not committing to that extensive travel, you're talking two or three days. And if you try one, the vibe isn't for you, you don't feel like it was useful, okay, great, you've tried it and you're speaking from a position of authority. If you try one as I did and immediately get hooked on developer summer camp, then you have found something that you love and maybe in a few years you'll be on Complete Developer Podcast talking about something that you've organized. I like that. Thanks so much, Brandon. Now guys, one pervasive theme in these different interviews is that conferences are about the people. You'll not only network, making great business and growth contacts, but also friends. Go to conferences for the chance to learn from different developers you may not otherwise see, but you keep going because of the friendships you form while there. So Get out and go to conferences to build your skills and your network of friends and developers. If the cost is preventing you from attending a conference, do like some of the people in this episode and volunteer or push yourself and submit a talk for the conference. Whatever you do, get yourself out there. Now that pretty much wraps us up. Before we close everything out, Will, what do you have for us this week for Tricks of the Trade? On the conference topic, I want to emphasize another thing as well. You don't have to go to classes. Every time there's you know a session in there, the hallway track is extremely valuable at most conferences. You know, I went to one this last March. I was there for probably three quarters of the sessions, maybe. But you know, the other quarter of the time, I was kind of out walking around in the halls and talking to people. And some of the best information I got at that conference was in the hallway track. And they actually, you know, this is microconf. They actually started having specific times for that. So instead of having it completely booked, they're like, hey, this is the hallway track. Everybody just kind of go mingle. And you get so much good information that way, especially if you've got a circle of friends that you know they know what you're interested in and what you're looking for. And especially if you do too, that can be really helpful. So don't discount that. It's not just about going and attending talks. It's about going and meeting people and getting kind of ad hoc connections that can help you out. So that's all I got. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Standby for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. The intro music for IOTs is Hillbilly Hip Hop by Jason Belcher. For references, show notes, and to sign up for weekly emails with extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. 
You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod and like our page on Facebook to keep up with news about the show. Catch us each week as we broadcast live, talking about what's going on in the tech world and answering listener questions. Learn more about all of our shows and groups by going to CompleteDevelopernetwork.com where you'll find links to Junior Developer Toolbox, Developer Launchpad, and our other communities. Thanks for listening. See you next time.